Welcome to Leader Spotlight. On this podcast, we bring you the stories of leaders, their personal journeys, and we put a spotlight on the inspiring things they are doing in their organizations. Hello, everyone. I'm Annette Klazowski, your host. I'm an executive coach, a speaker. I also chair the Women's Executive Board, among a lot of other things with our technology company. And on today's episode, we are talking with Jill Donovan. You guys are in for a treat. She is the founder of Rusty Cup. It is a retail jewelry uh, bracelet cuff company. She is very inspiring and I'm very excited about it. And um, I also have my co-host, Addison Price. Hello, I'm really excited to be back. And this is going to be a really, really great episode before We formally introduce Jill a little bit more. I just want to remind all of our listeners that if you're not following Leader Spotlight on Instagram, you definitely should be. We post lots of fun things and lots of opportunities for you to be able to be featured on the podcast and have your own little segment. So join us there. It's really fun. We make it a party over there. So join us. And it's the cool club. (laughs) It is. It's the cool kids club. So (laughs) that's where we're going to be. And it's going to be awesome. So um, we even have a feature now where you can get quoted and be a part of our little family over there. So join us. Um, Today's leader, as Annette said, is Jill Donovan. Jill is a leader that can be described by two simple, but very powerful words, passionate and purposeful. She is those for sure. She is definitely. Yeah. She has such a unique story of how Rustic Cuff began and just her humor and her zest for life and everything about her makes her so captivating. And we're so excited to be able to have her on the show today. And she's not, I think what's interesting is she's just not the typical corporate leader. So no, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. She gives a very unique and dynamic approach to how she runs a company. I learned something I'm inspired and learned something about her every time, you know, I'm either at an event or like she was on your podcast when you were Miss Oklahoma. And so very excited. So let's jump right in. Well, welcome, Jill. Thank you so much for joining us on Leader Spotlight. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Okay, so I've got a question for the two of you. And I don't, if you get, I don't, do you remember the last time that the three of us were podcasting together? Well, Addie probably does. I do because, Jill, you were on my podcast, Living Visible, and Annette helped me produce that podcast. So Annette was Uh behind the scenes helping. (laughs) And now we've kind of flipped the script a little bit. So now we get to all be together, which is fun. That is, I want to come over there and sit in the room you're sitting. I know. We We need to have you. Yeah, it would be so fun. Well, and Jill and I did a podcast. I was on Jill's podcast. So it's a podcast circle around here. That's when Addison taught me how to break dance. Oh, Oh, yeah. Just push the chin, push the neck. I mean, we did the, we did the robot. That's what I'm best at. I still, I have the video of it. I've got this move. (laughs) I, I don't even have that. I've gone, I've gone downhill since that podcast. <laughs> we'll schedule a session. <laughs> Please. I need it. It's necessary. Uh, this is funny. Well, I know today we're going to talk about um, kind of when God calls you to build an ark, you know, don't wait till it's raining. Um, and I'm excited about that. It's going to be fun. I kind of first, I want to talk a little bit though, because Jill, I feel like you have such a unique story of how you started getting into making and creating cuffs and developing rustic cuff. And for any listener that doesn't know your story, I feel like you've talked about it and it is a story that you share often. (laughs) And it's really, really special just because it kind of starts out almost as this bad situation or very, um, 
not fun situation for you where you were on Oprah and you were talking about your regifting closet, which I'm a big regifter. I love it. I think it's great. And it kind of was portrayed in a way where this was not necessarily the best thing. And you took a break and you weren't regifting. And then you kind of started developing these cuffs and you were building up your regifting closet again. And that's kind of how Rustic Cuff was born, which was really, really cool. And that whole experience is so crazy. And I know that's a story that you talk about. I think you did such a good job of telling that story that from now on, I will take you with me on the road. <laughs> Perfect. And and tell the story. Perfect. Well, clearly I like that story. So I've heard it a few times. I listened to it just in my free time while I'm running and things like that. So, it makes it fun. <laughs> so, so all funny. the listeners can go find that. Cause I know that you, we, they can find the Oprah story and just kind of how you started what, what I want to do. And we are going to talk about um, when God calls you to build an ark, but I'd like to kind of just, I know people would like to get to know you. So let's like, just think about the last two years, because we've been through, you know, you, uh, you as an entrepreneur, business owner, um, we've been through a little bit and um, kind of yeah. talk a little bit about just, you know, for Jill, the leader, you know, what is, what's kind of happened for you personally, just leading a company um, through the last couple of years? Yeah. Well, you know, when you go through good times, you don't learn a lot about yourself like you do when you go through really hard times because you take the time to be much more introspective and on your knees a lot more when you are going through really hard times. And the last two years, a little over two years now, um, it's just, it, there's no precedent for what we were all going to experience. And which is probably good because you had nothing to compare it to. So you just forged your own way through it. But I think in that period of time, in the last 24 months, I learned more about not so much about being an entrepreneur, but more just about being a leader and having to rise up and not run and hide in a hole. So you learn a lot about yourself and how to lead because you, you never really had to in this way before mm -hmm. besides completely being dependent for your every move on God. Uh, you have to, because I didn't want to take a step without knowing that this was the path that had a little bit of light on it. Uh, and so I, de I decided during this time that I wasn't People would ask you all kinds of questions for direction. And I got good at saying, I don't know. For right now, I don't know. And so over the last two years, what I had to do was two things. Number one, I had to show up even when I didn't want to show up. And that's hard. I had in this building alone, I had 50 people every day that were showing up and that were waiting for me, not just to show up physically, but to show up emotionally and spiritually and mentally. And I, I mean, I had to show up and when you don't want to get out of bed sometimes because you don't know the answer showing up is sometimes it was all I could do to just be here. And so I had to show up and then I had to be able to say, I don't know. And we're not going to move until, until I feel that there's a little bit of light on this path. I would have rather, I, there were times that I just could, could not see the light you just it was so much going on not just mm -hmm. not just for entrepreneurs but for the world in general and sometimes it felt safer just to say okay 
until we know, let's not make some major rash decisions right now. So you learn a lot about how to lead and how not to lead during a time of crisis. Well, and I feel like with you, Jill, you are very dynamic in general, just as a person. And I feel like even as a leader, you are so unique just in the fact that you are patient and you are someone that wants to wait and feel confident in what they're doing and confident in leading other people. Do you feel like through the pandemic that kind of shifted in a new way for you of how you waited and the patience that you had to have? Yeah. What I learned is that people would rather have you confident in the waiting than making decisions that you really shouldn't be making. So to say confidently, I don't know exactly Mm -hmm. what we're going to do because we had to shut six of our stores down for five months. And that's actually six of our, those were all of our stores. And that's a lot, a lot for, I mean, of course people had to across the whole world. So we were no different, but I, I had to just be confident during that time of saying, I need you to know I'm here with you and we are all walking through this together. And I don't, I don't know, but I'll be confident in the staying right here. And so it makes then everybody, everybody looks to the person who's making the decisions and they (laughs) They watch your every move. And then sometimes I'd shut my door and I would, I'd weep because I just, I'd really, I what everybody was unsure. And then you'd walk out and you would say, I'm confident that we are going to stand here until we know. And then I would bring them together and say, and here's our next step. And then we won't move until we know the next step. So yeah, as it's, it's strange, but as a leader, it made you more confident because suddenly now you had even more eyes looking to you every moment mm-hmm. for, yeah. for direction. Well, and I, I love the segue into, you know, when God calls you to build an ark, don't wait till it starts raining, which is a little bit of your path. But, but I think sometimes people get a calling and they go down that path and they forget, oh, but it's going to rain. You know, we're going to have hurricanes. Like there's going to be things that come into your path that you're not prepared for. So talk a little bit about like, just kind of tell the, the story about, you know, just, you know, when you were called to build your ark um, you know, did you wait for the, it to rain? Cause sometimes we have to, you know, I like the burning yeah. bush myself. Um, and then just a little bit about, you know, kind of what that's been like for you personally. Along with the saying, when God calls you to build an ark, you better start building because it's almost too late when it starts raining. I, before that saying, I like, um, you know, God calls you to build an ark sometimes, but you, you feel like you only have the instructions for a canoe. And, and that is what starting this company felt like. But when, when we started moving into the last two years and, you know, you sometimes feel compelled or drawn to start preparing for something and you don't know what you're preparing for. You know, that feeling like Addie, Mm -hmm. when you were going through Miss Oklahoma, Miss America, like you knew what you were preparing for, but behind the scenes, there were probably things in your heart that you were going through and you didn't know really what that meant, but hindsight, you see that God has prepared you for something bigger and different. Absolutely. And and so over the last two years, you know, uh, nine months into the pandemic, I I wound up getting COVID really bad that 
I had to be hospitalized. And, um, and you, you know, you, and you can't, cause I couldn't breathe. And when you can't breathe, your breath is life. Mm-hmm. And I felt like during that time that I, I really, and this goes for, for all leaders, but not even for leaders, for anybody that we're all given, I think it's like around an average of 20,000 breaths a day. And when I was in the hospital struggling to breathe um, and on oxygen, as I'm, as I'm realizing I have, everybody has 20,000 breaths when I leave the hospital. And I kept saying, I'm going to leave this hospital. I'm not going to die in this hospital. When I leave this hospital, what am I going to do with my breaths each day? And I don't want to waste any breaths on any conversation in this company or outside of this company that I don't need to be involved in. I'm only given this amount each day and I want everything and every word I say to have impact and be valuable. And, and it makes you really consider the things that you say and what you waste so much of your breath on. And I feel like, and not just breath, but also what you're intaking. You only have 24 hours in a day. And when I was in the hospital, I was intake because you don't, there's so much you don't feel like doing when you can't breathe. You don't feel like doing anything, but, but to pass, to pass so much time, I took so much, um, well, let's just say Netflix, (laughs) every single show that anybody recommended, I was taking it in and that at the end of it, I had filled my mind up with so much stuff that didn't need to be in there that I felt like I was being prepared by this major lesson that in order for me to be able to breathe life and speak life, I needed to intake life and Mm -hmm. intaking, uh, you know, mystery murder shows or, and, and all the things that I was watching, not that watching that is inherently bad in and of itself, but, but all day long, because I couldn't have visitors. Nobody could come in the room. So my family, you know, were, were lots of people on TV. I was intaking so much stuff that when I left there, it, it hit me that I, how can I speak life when what I'm taking in is not life giving. So over, as soon as I got out of the hospital and started to try to rebuild my mind. And uh, that was November. And in January, I decided in order to strengthen my mind, which if you've had COVID, you do feel like you lose a lot of brain cells that, I mean, I could not, there were a lot of things I couldn't remember that was very, that were very strange that I couldn't remember easy things, not like long, complicated words, but very easy things. And I decided, and I didn't know why that God was preparing me for this, but I decided that I would, I would need my mind strengthened. And I decided to start memorizing things every day to strengthen my mind, just useless, trivial pursuit information each day. But like, for example, every single day of the year, I decided to memorize one historical fact and two uh, celebrities that were born or famous people that were born for every day of the year. And I loved it because my mind started to get sharper again from COVID. Meanwhile, I don't, this goes back to when God tells you to build an ark, you better do it. And so third week into this, I thought this is such a great party trick. I can ask anybody their birthday anywhere, and I can tell you exactly who was born that day and, and what happened on that one thing that happened on that day. But I felt really convicted that I was supposed to add uh, 
a scripture verse every day, a life-giving scripture verse, which every scripture verse is life-giving, but things that were life-giving. And so I started, and I thought, why do I need to do that? Because I have the Bible app that I use. And, you know, you can't swallow a phone. You need it in your heart. You can't put mm-hmm. that app inside your heart. And you needed to, the, you know, the, the Bible says to, to have, to meditate on it day and night, to have it written upon the tablets of your heart. And as I'm leading people and, and encouraging people to do this, if I'm going to do that, then I needed to, to lead the way to do that. And so I, third week of January, I started to do this. As I began to do this, along with my totally useless facts that I was still learning, I began to be hungry for more of that. And then I started to learn more of the Bible. And I added inspirational quotes every day for people who weren't, you know, their faith might have been different. And so I had so much of this in my head. I could not understand why, why am I spending three hours every single morning doing this? Okay. Talk about building an ark. Meanwhile, you've got everybody else. You know, I close my door for three hours every morning. Nobody can come in because I'm memorizing what happened on May the 5th and adding a Bible verse. <laughs> it's crazy. So I, I was relentless in my pursuit of, of what I felt called to do. I did this January, February, March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October comes. And at the end of October, I got a phone call after having had a mammogram and then an ultrasound and biopsy that I was diagnosed with breast cancer which there's no breast cancer in my family. And I I never had any history of anything wrong there. And I mean, it came as much as COVID came out of the blue, this came and hit Mm -hmm. me. And I realized the thing that would have have taken me out, a cancer diagnosis, having walking around with a tumor, the thing that would have taken me out a year ago that God had prepared me for 10 months to have so much, so many things about faith over fear and trust in my heart that the thing that would have slayed me, now I was able to rise up and stand in front of my company and say, listen, you might not know what to say when I tell you this, but I'm going to tell you that I have a scripture verse for every single thing that I'm going through. And I'm not going, I'm not curled up in the corner, in the fetal position. And they came on this journey with me and it was really beautiful. But had I not started what I felt compelled to start in January, I'm pretty sure that October would have taken me out because not only do you need to be physically strong to go through something like you got, you mentally, you need to to be uh, really strong to combat the fear. So I, I felt like I started to build an, God told me to build an ark. I didn't quite know why or what was going to happen. And sure enough, he, he, he allowed, he allowed me to be prepared for something really big that was going to happen, but it not just, it didn't just affect me. It affected the entire company here in a way that I don't think any of us will be the same. For you good. know, I was uh, diagnosed with breast cancer as well in 2014 wow. and kind of the same thing, no history. And so one thing I connected with what you said was, you know, being prepared and being strong, but being authentic and transparent with people, Mm -hmm. like, especially in work. And what I, it, it was hard for me to really ask for help or not be strong and not like, you know, be able to just power through things, but the experience allowed so many people, so many opportunities 
to step up. And what I love about, um, you know, God called you to build an ark, but you have this full army around you because of, because you've concentrated on who you are as a person and as a leader, now you have an army that's got the ark, you know, whatever state that it's in and, you know, you know, you've got that army. And I think leaders separate, you know, being a leader and then bringing their whole self to that and being Mm -hmm. transparent and being confident to just Mm -hmm. not have the answers. Like some, you know, leaders would hide behind, um, you know, that. So I, I love that about you. And now you have this army that, you know, what they're probably learning personally about themselves is probably much more of a gift than their career they're having, you know, with you and your company. Yeah, I, I agree. And one of the things as leaders, what we like to do, maybe what our natural bent is to say, I'm, I'm going to go through this myself. I, I'm strong enough to be able to handle this myself, the diagnosis. Maybe I don't even tell people because let's focus on the task at hand. Let's not change everything by me now sharing this and having people come alongside me. I, I can do this by myself. God has strengthened me enough that I can do it by myself. And that is what I decided to do. And on the first day of my, after my, I had two surgeries on my first treatment, I was headed out the door to go to my first treatment by myself. Cause I told my husband, I, I I've got this. I totally can do this. As I was headed out the door, I went to say something to one of my friends who works in production and very last minute. I mean, I had like three minutes before I had needed to be in my car to go. And I said, do you want to go with me? And she said, okay. And her mom had died of breast cancer and she just happened to be the only one in the room. And I mean, I love, I love her. I love all of them, but she was the first one that went with me. And after that day, I said, there's no way I want to do this by myself. I had so much encouragement and inspiration from listening to her and being with her. So every single day after that, I drew a different name every day and somebody else sat in my car, went to treatment with me. And I listened to their story of their journey with somebody in their family. Since most of us are affected by somebody who had cancer at some point or another. And I listened to their journey gets the, gets the focus off of me and what I'm going through. And And it's the most, it was such, so incredibly special. They would sit in the waiting room and they would pray for me and pray for the people in the waiting room, completely changed the journey for me. And that was one of the biggest lessons is that leaders think I can do this alone. And why do it alone when God has given us people to walk with us? Yeah. I feel like it's so easy to just to feel prideful in moments of weakness where it's, I don't want to ask for help. I don't want to say that I need help. And that you know, Jill, you know me through my journey as Miss Oklahoma, but that was something that I talked to students about all over the state because it's crazy how at any age it never goes away where you feel like you can't say, I'm not good at this or I need help or what if I'm worried about this or I'm struggling with this and you're just so scared and so timid. And it's kind of that whole, you're not given a spirit of fear, but you can be bold and you can ask for help when you need it and you don't have to feel like you can't. And I feel like being a leader that is able to say, we don't have to have the answers here and yeah. we don't need to say, this is how we're going to do this. And this is how we're going to move forward, but we can just come to each other and say, I don't know. And we're going to figure yeah. it out and we're going to go through the trenches together. And yeah. it changes the way that people respond to you, no matter what situation you're in. And especially being in such a scary time in your life that could be filled with fear. 
to say, I'm going to welcome the fear and I'm going to welcome people to help create a space of light for me. It's just so inspiring. And so such a different shift in your mindset of how you can tackle challenges and problems. And it's really amazing. Cause people watch you. I mean, probably through your Miss Oklahoma journey, Addie, when, how you reacted to things is then how people react to you and react around you. Right. You know, I mean, you're, you're definite leader. And when you, people look to you, even if they weren't your employees, but you had a team of people. And so how you reacted to things and how you framed things then sets the stage for how they're going to with you and also in their, in their own life. And it's not a small thing to, to be a leader where everybody is watching your reaction to mm-hmm. anything. Mm-hmm. And I would rather a leader say, okay, I, I don't know, or I need a minute because then when you do speak and say, okay, now I know, or now let's talk about it. It's so much more meaningful because you allowed yourself the space to say, I don't know what this means. I mean, you can't come off of your journey and just say, okay, this is so great. Everything's like, if you allow yourself the space to say this, people respect it. And then when you are ready to talk about or move on, it's so much more impactful, but we feel like we have to have the answer that moment for everybody. And then it's not authentic. Like you were saying in it, it's just, Mm -hmm. it doesn't feel authentic and genuine if you have to have an answer for everything. Yeah. Well, organizations, you know, the early organizations were modeled after military hierarchy. That's the only organized thing that had existed. And so then we've passed down this hierarchy in command and control, which means Mm -hmm. we wait till we get the orders from above. And, you know, I think, you know, we've gone generations and generations of running companies that way. And then when you had that first level of leadership that started the authentic, you know, servant leadership, all the names that came, they started to see how powerful it was. But, you know, people know, like people, it's the same thing in, I guess, acting, you know, you can tell if somebody's believable or not. And I truly believe leaders that put the facade up and say things I think people want to hear. And then they, you know, have these, you know, closed door meetings and they're trying to come up with the answers. And then they just slowly filter out what they think people need to know. Yeah. The problem with that is you're not building that army that would take the company, run it like it's theirs, mm-hmm. take a bullet for, you know, the team. You don't, you don't have that buy-in. Isn't that government? It is. It is. It is. And then, you know, it's, it's like, then you come across a leader like you that gets it and, you know, it's messy and it's, and it's, you know, not all great things. And, you know, there's ups, there's downs and, but they're learning and they're on the journey, but they're invested. And that's, you know, and it doesn't matter, you know, you may start a building an arc. I mean, I'm curious. I mean, do you feel you're still building what you were originally called or has that morphed for you? Is definitely, if you're talking about like 11 years ago, where I've only had the instructions for a canoe. Yeah, I, I definitely feel like I'm still building. It's just that it has morphed into maybe a different style of boat. But there are days that I look at this thing that I'm building and, and I realize I wasn't really given the instructions for the whole arc up front. It didn't even look like it was an arc. All I was given was one plank, four nails and a hammer. 
and then another plank and told where to put those two together. And so you can't even see what it's going to be. But after building for a lot of years, there are days that you think, I would like to rest today. Just today. <laughs> Can I rest just for a day? Because without resting for a few days, you you get weary. You, yeah. you do get weary. Even though building is fun at times, you get weary. And even though you can see the creation of this, I mean, God rested. I mean, God rested yeah. on the yeah. seventh day. And so yeah. I, I love sixth and seventh day resting because <laughs> it allows, although as a leader, you, 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 it's your baby. So you always, you're always leading. It's always on your mind. But that's the other thing that I'm learning. Without the space to rest, then the energy to continue build doesn't come in the form that it's supposed to come. And most people like to hustle and grind. And I totally get that. That's what, that's what I did first years. So, but without the space to rest and reflect, I, you just keep plowing through without even looking at the lessons that you've learned and what are good are the lessons you've learned if you can't apply them once you've reflected on them. So it's, it's not a lazy rest. It's a, it's a necessary rest. I think leaders need to build that into their, their life, their schedules. Yeah. I, I, I feel like that's, um, I, I see that as a maturity, you know, I think in the beginning, yeah. it's that grind and hustle and, you know, it kind of, that strength that leaders have that have that, like that's why they're able to build and have the visions they have. But there comes a time in your career where wisdom comes in and tells you, you know, just because you're working harder and longer doesn't necessarily mean you are having any fruits of your labor. You know, it doesn't mean yeah. that that's guaranteed. And so, um, you know, it's kind of stepping back and, and um, having vision, you know, you got to get up above the day to day being yeah. in the weeds of things to be able to really have a clear vision. And I think rest does that for you sometimes. Mm-hmm. When I'm here at my building and I, and I need to be resting, but I'm, but, but I'm, and I'm here, my way to rest when I'm here around 50 other people is I walk around pretending I'm on my phone. <laughs> so nobody can ask me any questions. Uh oh! Now they know. Now they know, Jill. And, yeah, oh well, yeah. When they watch this Figure podcast, I'll know. And I'll walk through, and I'm like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then my phone rings while I'm on the phone, and the I'm like, why in the world that call dropped so fast? That's so weird. But it's my way of resting while I'm here around a lot of logistics sometimes, and and it worked. Well, it did work until this until this now. Podcast. Yeah, way yeah. to go. Um, yeah. <laughs> I can say I've done the same thing. (laughs) Use that tip. Yep. Use that tip as you will, but maybe turn your phone on silent. Uh, I've done that before where I've been on my phone and pretending because I didn't want to have to talk to somebody, which I feel like it's just karma, you know, (laughs) because you're trying to avoid it. It's like, God's going to say, yep, actually, here you go. Yeah. I've done that before. And then I got a text. And so my phone lights up and it's like, and there you go. I'm like, oh my gosh. I'm like, I didn't know it did that while you were on the phone. It's crazy. And I've gotten really good at like fake talk. Like how you, uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Yes. I'll pick her up shortly. Yes, I will. <laughs> I'm not even, I'm not even good at it. Cause I sound like I'm acting. Yes, right. I do. So yeah. I'm learning. learning. Well, yeah. Let me yeah. ask you if, you know, just to, to a leader out there that 
seems to like struggling to get to that aha that you've seen and being able to just be transparent and let people in. Like what advice do you have for somebody to, to be able to make that transition? Yeah. You know, people want to follow people that can say they were wrong and that, but at the same time, are confident in the decisions they make. If somebody is struggling um, in that area, I, so the question you asked is, if, is what advice would I give to somebody who is struggling to what? Say that one more time. Like just be, to be able to move to transparent and find that power and and just being authentic. You know, if, if they're yeah. that leader that feels like they have to have all the answers and put together and, you know, they're yeah. structured and, and what they're probably finding is people don't really like to follow a leader, right? Like, especially now, right? So what what yeah. what advice would you give to people? I would try, if that is you and you feel like you always have to have the answers, I would try one time to say, I do not know the answers, but I'm I am in the pursuit of finding the answer. And I'm going to sit in the question long enough until the answer comes. So you can be confident that I'm not leaving you and I am with you and I am, we are going to discover the answer, but we're not going to make rash moves. When you say that as a leader, what happens suddenly is, first of all, there's nothing to to see through because you're not acting because that really is your heart. You will gain the respect of people in a way, if you haven't done this yet, you will gain the respect of people in a way that you haven't before. And I bet you will have people pull you aside and say, I really, that really meant a lot to me. You won't lose respect for saying that because it sounds weak, but all of the corporate jobs I had did exactly what you talked about, like our government do. They get behind closed doors and they come out with some PR statement about what we think the public wants to hear. And this is what we do as leaders. You go behind a closed door and you get with your other officers or what have you. And then you go out and present to the team and say, this is the move we're making, or this is our story. Well, people, you, you, there's very smart people and you don't respect that. So I would say flip the script and stand up and say, I don't want to give you a PR answer because you're going to see through that. I want to say, you have a leader that cares enough about making right moves that I'm not going to move until I feel confident that we know the path we're going. And suddenly what happens to them instead of feeling so unsure about where we're going, they get permission to just be with you in the question. And it sounds weak. I, my, my advice would be try it one time and you'll walk away from there and not want to go back to this PR move of, of saying these things to your, you know, to your team that they're going to see through anyhow, try it once. Well, and I think too, the, the beauty of that is then when you are calling them to pick up their game or, you know, Hey, we've got a, you know, a hefty goal this year. Um, they saddle up for that, you know, like they're, they believe in you and they'll saddle up and go, okay, let's go. Cause you've told yeah. me to, you know, to hold and to sit and we're going to make sure, you know, we're making the right decisions because, you know, there's a lot of risk involved and you sure. respected me enough to not, you know, be too risky. Now, when you say, okay, guys, we're ramping up and, you know, they're going to be like, okay, 
All right, we're ready to go. Yeah. Yeah. Think about some of the greatest leaders we've had as a country. One of the character traits they had was also humility. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like being able to say, hey, we're going this way, but at the same time, like I'm in this with you, not I'm, I know better than you, but I'm in this. And people love to follow that. They love confidence, but they love humility along with that. And I, I, I wish people would just practice that sometimes because then you would continue to do it because you would feel the reward of just having practiced it with your team one time. Definitely. Well, and I feel like, so it's kind of a perfect transition just because I feel like the people that you surround yourself with and kind of giving yourself an opportunity to learn from people that have walked in the same shoes as you or have at least inspired you in some way enough to listen and kind of take the time to make you want to listen to them. It really builds you up and it makes you be a strong leader. So we always kind of close out the podcast by asking who your four are. And so the saying goes that show me your four closest friends or four closest mentors or whatever it might be. And I can show you your future. And I'm really curious, Jill. And of course, you know, I hope our listeners are just as curious as I am, but who are your four? So, um, this is a, you know, I'd love to be able to say, I, you know, there were several entrepreneurs in my life that really guided me or several leaders. And that wasn't necessarily the case because through this journey of being a leader for this team, I don't, I didn't have somebody in my life that was also an entrepreneur slash leader. So if I'm going to give you four, I'd start with my mom who spoke life into my life, my whole life and my dad, my dad has passed now, but I start with my mom who has the most practical wisdom, nothing lofty, just very, very practical. Sometimes Mm -hmm. the best answer is the most simple answer. And that was my mom. Um, Then the, um, the second, um, the second person is um, it's, it's the, it's her name is Susie Graham. And she started off doing my makeup since apparently I never learned how to do my own makeup. Um, and Susie is filled with more wisdom than any woman I know. And it's why I get my makeup done five times a day. So I can sit there and she can pour wisdom. I don't really <laughs> she pours wisdom into my life. In, and I listen to her. A lot of people can have wisdom, but for whatever reason, you don't connect or listen to them. And this has been years and years of me almost making a misstep. And Susie just gently uh, corrects me. And God, God knew that I was going to need her on this journey. Another person, I, I've never met him. Like I can say somebody I've never met. Oh, I mean, yeah, because definitely. now with the digital age, uh, another person He's the king of alliteration, like, and, and it makes you listen to him. He uses, he uses language like it's art. And he also, um, he's a pastor, but he, he, so he's, he does, he does wonderful messages, but the, but the way that he speaks, just, I could listen to him all day long. And I've learned so much about being a leader. Uh, and it's Darius Daniels. I don't know if you've ever heard of him, but he's, you should look him up. He's, he's an incredible, um, uh, He's so articulate and the wisdom that he has inside of him of the word comes out in a way that you just want to eat it up. Um, and then, and then lastly, uh, this is going to be a really weird answer, but the, the team that I have here, here in my office, everybody's been here for seven years or more with the exception of like two people. And so collectively as a team, this whole team and the, the people that God has knitted together 
collectively has guided me and given me strength, encouragement, and wisdom. So I look at this, all of them here as one person over the last decade that has just poured into my life uh, and been on this journey, but just sort of held your hands up when you were weary. So that's, that's I love my that. Yeah. There, there's one thing, I mean, what you've done with Rustic Cup is, is impressive and just your story is impressive, but what I really admire about you and I was at, um, I was part of the Sooner Stilettos with Sherry Cole when she was a coach of the um, OU women's basketball team and you did an event and you know, you, you, you're so gracious in the community and you were out networking with all of us before the event. And then you knew everybody's name. Like you remembered that. So like that passion and that you would memorize something daily and you would try to change the voice in your head or, you know, you, you kind of changed your library out in your brain. Yeah. Yeah. That piece of who you are, um, I think is why God's allowed the success he's allowed because of the impact you have with people. And that's what I admire Mm -hmm. the most about you is, you know, you, you could be, you know, building sandwiches in you know, or the next Uber, I don't think it's going to matter because of Mm. who you are and what you lead and the impact you have is that's what's so um, admirable about you. You know how people say, um, oh, I wish I had a talent or I wish I could do that. I wish I could sing or dance. I mean, you know, they see anybody with the talent, like I just don't have anything. This is what I would say to to all leaders and to all non-leaders. All of us have the ability to make somebody else that walks into our life uh, feel seen and heard and loved. I mean, every single person, whether you are making sandwiches, whether you are Miss Oklahoma uh, or or whatever leader that you are or not, we all have that impact. But we sit there and look at everybody else's gifts and devalue the, the, the things that we can do, which is remember people's names which is when you're talking to somebody, they are the only person in the room. That is not very difficult to do, but not many people make you feel like you are the only person in the room when they're talking to you. And we all have the ability to do that. So I think that's a muscle that just really needs to be worked out because it it really changes people's lives when you see them and when you do remember. I know when I walk down the hall, somewhere. And if I've met people and I say, Hey, Lisa. And then they're like, Hey girl, I'm thinking she doesn't remember. <laughs> my That's my go-to right there. Hey, that used to happen all the time to me. People go, Hey girlfriend. Hey, Hey babe. And I think <laughs> they don't know my name. And so I committed to try to figure out ways to, to make somebody always feel that you see them by remembering it's one thing. It's just one name. And yeah. hard to do as you, it's just hard, but, um, but well worth the rewards that come from that. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Yeah. So thank much you, Jill. You're always so oh, fun to listen you to. You're awesome. I know. I, we could talk all day, but I'm sure for your listeners sake, they don't want to hear us all day. <laughs> we'll do another one soon. That's right. Please we'll just keep you. them coming. You'll be, you'll just thank be you. an official, official host. <laughs> I love that. Thank you so much for, uh, for asking me to come on. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Thank you thank so much, you. Jill. Thanks guys. All right, so anybody that would like to stay connected and keep up with Jill and Rustic Cuff, they are on Instagram. 
So just follow at Rustic Cuff, C-U-F-F, and this will also be in the podcast notes. And then their website is rusticcuff.com. And I think you could go to YouTube and just put in Jill Donovan, and you're going to hear a lot of stories and things about her. Um, and on her website, too, you can learn about how Rustic Cuff was formed and in her Oprah story that we talked about. So make sure you look at our uh, podcast notes. She has lots of fun things happening on all of her different social media channels. And is the dance moves? Is that oh, yeah, on? it's on there. Oh, so the podcast that's with Addison Price, me. Yes. <laughs> that has all the dance dancing. Oh, yeah. And just fast forward to the end. You don't need to so, listen to the whole so thing. So you think you can dance. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly it. You caught us. That's, yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> also remember that Leader Spotlight podcast and blog is dedicated to continual learning and thought partnerships that help us all grow as leaders. So if you would like to be featured on our podcast, email addison at fpov.com. And you can also visit our blog medium.com slash leader spotlight for more great content. And all that's in the podcast notes as well. So go check it out. Thank you for listening.